welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. everybody and welcome to episode 66 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Linda Risley, and today I am joined by VJ. VJ is from India and has a very long surname, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce, but VJ was happy for me just to introduce him as VJ. And for those who don't know VJ, he's an active member inside our Motorsport Fitness page as he is a biomechanic. He um, currently is on a research scholar doing kinesiology and biomechanics he's a certified personal trainer for the national academy of sports medicine and he's the biomechanics method corrective exercise specialist wow that is a tongue tied the audio is not that great unfortunately the internet this is at the start of the cv19 um, so hopefully uh, you get the gist of what vj and i were discussing and again if you haven't already run over and join our motorsport fitness group on facebook just either go to our main page at motivate training scroll down to our groups and head across to our motorsport fitness where we specifically work around obviously motorsports but fitness training and nutrition as well as mindset and the link to that group will also be in today's show notes so let's get started so hello vj and welcome to the motorsport coaching podcast hi belinda thank you for having me here and it's a uh, it's a good feeling yeah, well, it's Talk to you guys. first time we've had someone from India, so welcome. Um, yeah. Guys and girls, what do you do over there? Uh, yeah, I'm actually a research scholar in the field of uh, biomechanics and kinesiology. I also work, uh, currently, uh, I'm focusing only on my research, but I used to work with athletes as a strength and conditioning coach, as a high-performance coach uh, for an array of athletes like uh, uh, table tennis, uh, tennis, badminton, motorsport and even cricket uh, so uh, currently i'm working on my research for, you know, i'm just getting into uh, athletics like a long jump and uh, running for the uh, like sprinters so i'm working on a thesis uh, by studying their uh, muscle morphology yep. muscle profile for uh, long jumpers wow and are you an athlete yourself or is it just something that you're interested in Ah, yeah, I used to be an athlete uh, during my high school days and after that I lost touch for some time. I used to, you know, play the, uh, some recreational stuff and uh, I got into, you know, a bodybuilding like the, the age craze thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, I was just shuffling about, shuffling back and forth between uh, different sports. Like uh, I tried uh, um, MMA for a small time, then I got injured a little bit. And then I came back and I got into, okay, maybe I should uh, get into this uh, field for uh, strength and conditioning so that I don't uh, let others get injured like uh, how I did because yeah. of my stupidity and uh, fragile ego. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so you were just mentioning off-air that motorsport's quite a new sport over in India. How long has it been going for? Uh, uh, to my knowledge, I think uh, since 1987 or 89, I guess, uh, it has been uh, going uh, well. Uh, first, it was started as a you know, between small group of people. Like it was, it was used to be recreational. And then over the years, uh, uh, since uh, 2000, I think, uh, it, it gained the big momentum. And once uh, 
uh, and how well we can use it you know that's the main thing because uh, because of the distance travel from the source computer to the uh, emgs uh, how quality the data is obtained and all that we have to study uh, but uh, yeah we i'm planning to do maybe by next year uh, you'll be uh, i can uh, provide you with some data like uh, how, how how good is the thing we are getting you know uh, all the emg and ecg data because uh, yeah razor uh, obviously it uses around uh, average in an average 3 to 4 6 kgs when the race is uh, uh, international races and i want to get into the factors like which contributes the most so that we can you know plan uh, the strength and conditioning sessions more accordingly uh, see uh, right now i am doing by referring few books and by you know my own common sense and by getting the inputs from the drivers like uh, what do you feel guy, what do you guys feel and uh, how can i help you so it's all uh, you know trial and error method uh, but i want to go uh, you know uh, go into a more uh, professional and uh, evidence based method for a long run uh, that is uh, that will be obtained if my, if i do my own research i can get more uh, clarity in what is happening and uh, uh, how my uh, strength program affects the athlete uh, in good or bad ways you know uh, so yeah i'm looking forward to that i'll leave on uh, uh, and uh, i'll share the updates in my linkedin profile yeah uh, yeah i even posted around about the lab i guess but yeah the lab is uh, you know currently now due to this uh, pandemic yes. uh, it's all on a hold for now but yeah the whole world is stopped yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so vijay you just state that you um, do some strength and conditioning with drivers um yeah. what what kind of strength work should um drivers be doing and when you say drivers what kind of drivers are that open wheel or tin top drivers that, that yeah, you yeah yeah uh yeah um we first mainly focus on the uh, posterior chain for the races because uh, uh as a racer they're always exposed to spinal uh, you know flexion and uh, their posterior chains are often uh, you know very stiff and compared to other sport people and even normal population especially their neck you can see their neck popping up yeah. <laughs> uh, popping out front yeah so even for uh, starting uh, level athletes the beginner level athletes uh, we'll be focusing on the posterior chain workout uh, we'll be focusing on the stability of the posterior chain and uh, uh, the neck muscles uh, as a whole we'll be giving them uh, you know uh, the all the panted workouts for their neck that's the main thing we focus on because uh, we have to start from the beginning so that they don't uh, develop a very stiff back and neck yes. because it's a, it's a killer for them uh, they have to sit in the car for around 2 or 2 or 3 years in average or in a bike uh, and uh, that shouldn't affect their performance uh, so yeah posterior chain is the main thing we concentrate on uh, for now uh, entire posterior chain as uh, they'll be you know the uh, obviously having a uh, tight loops because of the constant uh, sitting and that to the high speed environment and uh, the next thing is the uh, focusing i focus on high speed physiology you know like uh, how the physiology changes in the speed especially in during vibration and all those stuff uh, so the endurance training and the vo2 max training is i fo- i focus on them too uh but uh, you know we go to max training needs a proper uh, physiological assessment so that we can map, we can measure the improvement uh, in a more uh, qualitative way great and when you talk about posterior chain um yeah. 
I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the normal layman person, can you explain uh, what is the posterior chain? Ah, uh, yeah. What exercises does that include? Okay, uh, yeah, the posterior chain refers to the uh, the backside, the rear side of the body, like uh, the neck, the back, uh, the glutes, the hamstrings, even the calf muscle, for the uh, for example. Uh, see all these muscles uh, because as a uh, as driver sits, he's actually in this position. Uh, uh, consider this will be the back of his body. This is the front side of his body, and uh, his body is all, is in a flexed position. So the posterior chain is always flexed, uh, flexed as in uh, uh, the posterior chain is actually extended. So it will be overextended, and uh, his posture if he keeps. Uh, working uh, on his race, if he keeps racing, uh, doing the race for a long time, uh, his natural posture, his erect posture will be like this. Uh, posture changes. So, uh, because, so to counteract that, we have to work on the back side of his body, the rear side of his body, and get him back to his uh, st stable posture. So that's the main aspect for a strength and conditioning coach. And then, uh, this is the elementary stuff and we have to build up on this and then we have to get him stronger and uh, we have to make the him or her sorry uh, we have to make the athlete to you know sustain the awkward position the riding position for a longer time without affecting his uh, performance cool yeah so like with our um, programs here at motivate um, our online programs, we've got the ability to do an online postural analysis. So we just get them to take the photos and then our system actually puts all the lines in. So from our perspective, we can analyze their posture without actually having to meet with them face to face. Um, and then, yeah, with our VO2 testing, again, we kind of just do a slightly condensed version of that fitness wise, but we also have affiliate providers throughout Australia that can actually provide that VO2 testing um, which is not fun. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, of course, I was going to say that. Um, the training yeah. So, how many times a week um, should like should an athlete train full style? I, I was just having a conversation um, with a, with our sports dietitian before, and I was uh, still a lot of the motorsport competitors don't see themselves to be an athlete. So, maybe for someone who does work constantly with other athletes. Um, at what point do you go from being a hobbyist competitor to being uh, becoming an athlete? Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> when the when the person is serious himself, because uh, uh, they have to dedicate themselves. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, recreational athletes, I know there is there will be a difference from professional to recreational because recreational people they don't uh, uh, treat the sessions uh, the strength session especially seriously. They'll be, you know, they'll, uh, they won't be dedicated like the ones who have vision. Uh, you can easily find out like uh, which person is serious so that uh, uh, we can work on them. Because uh, if we, if we give, uh, he'll, you know, uh, yeah. follow the workout session. Uh, they will work out like what we tell them to. Uh, even the uh, following the correct realization and the rest time. So that person are the ones will be you know interested to work ourselves uh, because uh, we can see the results like uh, how we intend. Uh, so other people, you know, recreation people, they uh, they follow the schedule for one week and the next week they'll be you know 
Zipun Zap, they'll become. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another thing. Uh, but yeah, the uh, uh, my most of the time I prefer actually three days. Uh, three days as in uh, uh, skipping one day for you know a long run. So totally four days of workout, and the other three days I'll be asking them to do you know basic uh, stretches. Yep. Yeah. So basic stretches as a part of daily routine. You know, uh, the uh, and that the three sessions in that three session one will be as a completely strength uh, training, uh, and the uh, and the second session will be in mobility and uh, stability training, uh, uh, especially for the you know. Uh, specific to the race they are in. If, yeah. they're, uh, if they're in car uh, races, uh, I'll be asking to, you know, uh, I'll be more focused on their uh, scapulas and all those stuff. And for, uh, uh, for motorbikes, it will be a bit different. Uh, where uh, shoulder stability is the main the key factor there too. But, you know, uh, uh, it will be focused on bilateral uh, and unilateral training. Yeah. And uh, the third day will be high intensity. We'll be, you know, exposing them to HIIT training. Uh, I, we call it as, a, you know, hybrid training. Hybrid, yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, and uh, and the, the, preferably Saturday or Sunday, I'll be asking them to go for a 5K run. Uh, uh, if they can finish the 5k easier in a very, you know, uh, if they don't sweat that much, 5k will be increasing to either 7.5 or uh, 10k. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be like they, they should feel like they're working less, but their performance should be increasing in a slower way. And once they feel that, no, this is not enough, I want to do more, and then we'll be increasing the session. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, uh, why the uh, uh, why they uh, uh, why we give four days uh, rest period is because they have to focus on the training. That is the main uh, uh, event. So we'll be asking them to uh, you know work on their uh, what's work on a real life scenario on the on the uh, on the driving seat, and yeah. then they can uh, you know uh, improve their uh, performance in that. Uh, because it's a sport-specific training, yeah. uh, we can't, uh, you know, get a simulated car and ask them to, uh, you know, create a virtual uh, simulation for them. So uh, we had, uh, you know, three three days of training, and uh, one uh, is for uh, a completely cardio workout, five k. Sometimes, in rare occasions, it's ten k. Yeah. And do you have many uh, motorbike tracks over there? You were just talking about motorbike riders. Was that uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is one in my city, Coimbatore, and there is in Chennai. Uh, so, uh, it's in the same state as in uh, uh, Tamil Nadu. Uh, in Chennai, there is a separate track, but, uh, and then there is one track in uh, Delhi, New Delhi, uh, the both international circuit, and there is one in uh, Bangalore. Oh wow, there's a few tracks there. Yeah. Um, so, VJ, you heard a lot about the training aspect. That's fantastic. Really appreciate yeah. all those tips. And um, what about mindset training? Do you guys come uh, in biomechanics? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, first aspect is, you know, uh, the, the reaction time. Yep. Uh, you can hear me. Yep. 
uh, yeah uh, uh, we work on reaction time uh, trainings uh, and then uh, am i audible the chat yeah yeah so uh, the reaction time training is one thing and then we'll be you know focusing on uh, the other parts of uh, uh, you know some the mental conditioning like visualization techniques uh, but uh, uh, and even for uh, you know uh, even we work on the depth and uh, perception training uh, because on high speed the depth perception is actually a good thing mm -hmm. like uh, where the other car is and how far the driver should have a you know uh, mind uh, the mental mapping like how far it, uh, the other car is and all this stuff uh, we'll be discussing with you know uh, by using the other race videos available we'll be just you know uh, asking them to get used to the because while on uh, uh, while on track he can't think like that so we have to uh, you know uh, use the outer situation to make him uh, you know to help him how he should think yeah. uh, so that it, it 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 helps him in a long way yeah i especially we work on the reaction time thing okay okay so uh, we work on the reaction time thing uh, it because reaction time is a very essential part of the training like the hand and eye coordination is an important aspect uh, in any sport, uh, especially in motorsport, because of the high-speed environment we are involved in, so the reaction time training is the most focused part for a reason. Yes, very important start. Uh, yeah, and also the field of uh, uh, view, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, like how the athlete's field of view is. You know how much uh, the yeah the how uh, like. View inside this, he's uh, you know, the athlete is more act active. Yes, you know, some people will be active in this range, like uh, you know, uh, 120 degree range. Uh, there will be some people uh, uh, beyond that 120 degree range, they won't uh, much focus on, on that. So, we'll be also studying the field of uh, view. So, do you do a lot of vision training? Uh, no, come now. We have been doing only a small level of training because you know once the uh, what is it the level of the raising goes uh, up we can yeah. focus on that yeah yeah if we focus on now there'll be you know come on focus on the strength part and all the stuff this mm -hmm. comes later because uh, I have my own principle where the you know mental conditioning yeah. uh, you know strength and uh, physical conditioning uh, helps the you know it's I I see both of them as a you know proportional thing like one grows the other grows yep uh, yeah once when you reach your maximum physical potential and then uh, apart from that uh, you can raise your mental conditioning a bit above that uh -huh. uh, so that yeah uh, only then we can focus more on you know focus 100% on mental conditioning on mental peak so that uh, uh, we can work on the performance on that because uh, beyond a certain limit your uh, physical strength will be you know stop that's right yeah uh, yeah uh, but your mental strength won't stop for some time it can grow so and uh, when the physical strength is limited or stopped and on that time i can focus on your uh, the mental aspect more and you know, focus training for that so that uh, you know he doesn't uh, you know think his body is actually present or something awesome yeah. 
Love it. So exciting. <laughs> Thank you. It must be so fun to work in every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one great thing about having an online business and training, we can operate all the, yeah. the other bad things that I, you know, I miss that, that hands-on um, working with the athletes. So hopefully once all this subsides, yeah. I can get back to doing some face-to-face -face training. Yeah, sure. And, you know, yeah, even uh, a collaboration with other uh, people, you know, uh, the peers, and other uh, strength coaches, it will be more interesting too. You know, we can uh, always learn uh, things from each other. We can, we can pick up few things from each other. It will help uh, grow each other uh, in a positive way. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> of course. And so, VJ, yeah. give me some great tips um, on getting started with training today. So, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And do you have any other resources that you can refer people to if they're wanting to learn more about? Biomechanical training and how it can affect performance. Uh, the Red Bull Racing guys—they have uh, proper uh, uh, information regarding the training. Uh, I find them good. Uh, the Red Bull Racing, yep. Yeah, yeah, they have a good, uh, you know, uh, proper scheduling. Uh, proper scheduling, strength coaching, and uh, fitness regime. Yeah. Uh, I find them good, but. From that, I also have, you know, uh, came across this book. I'm not sure if it's available all the time. You know, The Science of Motorsport. Uh, I saw, I'm sorry, I forgot the author's name. Uh, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that book is a pretty good start. Uh, you know, for the, for, for the, you know, scientific staff and other people too, to get into the, the science behind the motorsport. Uh, yeah. You know, there are some good uh, information and some not so good information, but the Red Bull Racing has something, uh, they have a you know, decent standard in terms of that. And of course, uh, the other thing I look up to is your uh, motivate. <laughs> well, yeah, no. yeah. They um, <laughs> have that motorsport fitness page, the motorsport. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, see, uh, yeah, the Red Bull Racing. Yeah, you're quite uh, yeah, uh, a group in general if you've got any extra uh, research that you've learned or um, any... Yeah, sure, sure. No, I'm working on it. Uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, just share other people's work alone. I want to, you know, uh, publish my own uh, you know, writings too. So yeah. I'm just working on it. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just... Uh, uh, I, I have, you know, uh, unfortunately, I have too much on my plate right now. I have yeah. Yeah. four limbs on four different directions so uh, once at least one point uh, I wanted to contribute a lot uh, in uh, in your page too yes. so yeah hopefully uh, uh, we can make it happen soon yep as soon as you get that yeah, sure. done the pages they're ready for you to be to drop all of that information that you're learning um, can't wait to see what you come thank up you, with we really appreciate your time today, VJ. Um, as I said, it was great to hear how to get started um, doing a fitness training program as a motorsport competitor. And um, we look forward to seeing your reports when it comes out. Fantastic. All of VJ's um, contact links will be in today's show notes. And I'll also add the link for the Red Bull Racing if you want to follow that, if you want to join the Motorsport Fitness Group and also the link for the Science of Motorsport book. I'm pretty sure you can grab it on Amazon 
Anyway, thanks BJ for your time. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.